Good evening from Plug Hit Studios in Largo, Florida. I'm Scott. I'm Abram. And we are here with F5 Live Refreshing Technology, episode 479 for September 24th, 2017. A proud part of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. This week, Google tries again with hardware, Xbox tries to make streaming easier, and Fox tries to appeal to a new generation of media consumers. This here is uh, F5 Live, Refreshing Technology, the flagship show on the Plug Hits Live family of content. And wherever you are and however you're accessing our show, whether it be Facebook, iTunes, the Podcast Play app in the Windows Store, Google Play Music Podcasts on Android, the myriad of other uh, podcatchers, on any of our live stream partners, the list of which has gotten longer. Um, <laughs> so it is... Uh, Mixer, YouTube, Twitch, Livestream.com, and the fifth one, Periscope. Uh, and of course, on our apps, PlugHitsLive.com slash apps, available for the Windows devices in your life. Thank you for making us a part of your day. Uh, there's two ways you can do that. Like we said, you can either subscribe on, I need to work this into my vernacular now it is not itunes it is apple podcasts um you can subscribe on any of the platforms by going to plugkidslive.com slash subscribe there you can see all of our shows including f5 live the pilch point with avram pilch which will be in just a little bit we'll be talking about an affordable laptop he's got sitting next to him uh our first look series which was live last week with a three-day robot build uh and we'll be back again in two weeks for roboticon tampa bay um, our special events feed, which is going to have some stuff next weekend from Anime Weekend Atlanta. Um, our new product Launchpad series, which will have new episodes tomorrow and I think Wednesday. <laughs> and more. We produce a lot of stuff here. So uh, I guess subscribe to all of it but the other way you can join us of course is sunday nights 9 p.m eastern by going to f5live.tv slash join us you can join us live in the studio and chat along with us and uh you know give us your feedback on the topics as we talk about them abram and i love to hear what you have to say about the topics uh this evening the easiest ways to be able to chat with us will be mixer youtube and twitch as uh the studio is still in kind of a middle ground of being rebuilt you know uh, those of you who who know us know that we broadcast from the tampa area and we had a hurricane two weeks ago that uh almost put a tree through my window here in the studio so uh we took a lot of stuff out of here and then we used a lot of it last weekend and then we're taking it on the road again so the whole studio is not set up, so the best way to get a hold of us tonight will be Mixer, YouTube, or Twitch. Um, and I guess for the spiel, that's it. Hey, Abram. Hey. I'm just <laughs> glad you're. I'm glad the tree didn't go through your window. Oh yeah, I am looking, sitting right here. I am looking at the window that the tree could have come in. It would have taken out the mixer and all the audio stuff. Probably the the broadcast computer. It would have been a mess. It missed the wall by about six inches. So. See, and people like to hug trees, but you see what they do in re as revenge? <laughs> Especially when you, uh, when you know that it's a dead tree and you leave it up anyway. Uh. Before what could have been a Category 4 storm. 
Uh, anyway, overall, it wasn't bad. Um, you know, there was the tree that almost joined us here in the studio. There was there was a, a tree out front that uh, that put the area the whole like the whole area around me without power for about five and a half days. Uh, so my brother was staying with me because my parents had to uh, to evacuate the their house because they're out on the beach. So uh, my brother was staying with me and we lost power. <laughs> And we went two nights without it. And we're like, all right, that's it. We're both starting to get angry. <laughs> so um, I, I contacted Terry Willingham. Longtime viewers will recognize Terry as uh, um, the person who hosts Roboticon Tampa Bay and Gulf Coast MakerCon. And she put on last week's Robot and One Weekend event. Uh, she was nice enough to put us and the dog up for the rest of the week. So thank you, Terry. You were a lifesaver. So if you were wondering why our schedule kept changing so weirdly over the last couple of weeks, that's why. Because, <laughs> you know, we had announced that we were supposed to do the robot build two weeks ago and then the storm. So, you know, that, oh, boy, was that an interesting experience. I don't want to do it again, Abram. <laughs> uh <laughs> You know, it was about five years ago this uh, five years ago next month that I had to deal with Hurricane Sandy over here. So I uh, can kind of kind of understand, uh, you know, after a day or two without power, it starts to get really old. It starts to get really old. Uh huh. How long were you guys out? Not not as long. Let's see. Was it like happened on a Monday or Tuesday and we were still and power came back on Saturday. Okay. Uh, but like after about two days, we went to stay with my parents. Uh, but what was really messed up was living in an apartment building as I did at the time. There was no light. There were no, you know, we lived on the sixth floor. There were no elevators. I mean, right. there were elevators, but they weren't uh -huh. operational. Sure. And the staircase had no lights in them. Right. So it was pitch black. The hallways, the stairwells were pitch black. So, like, you know, you wanted to go down, you know, you had to go down in the total dark, total darkness to get out. Yeah. Uh, of course, if you walked like 10 blocks away, they had power. So it was kind of messed up. You like would go there, like you could go to the store or whatever, to CVS or whatever. And <laughs> there were people. At like the Walgreens or CVS, like plugging their phones in. Yeah, I can see so, that. So it's just kind of funny, and and because we had no, because um, we had no power, we had no water, because apparently like above a certain floor, they can't like they need electricity to get the water up. Oh no! So did you guys have water at least? Yes. Yeah, we had no water, so that was so that was like that was like the real bad part. Yeah, that didn't make uh, it better. Yeah. What we learned real quick, this is a great like MacGyver type tip for anyone who's without water without water and needs to flush the toilet. Like if you pour enough liquid down the toilet or something and uh -huh. I think if you use a plunger, you can like manually flush it. Yes. So like we had all this like wine and champagne that we were never going to drink and you know, and we we used that to watch <laughs> uh we but, um, we filled a bathtub for that purpose 
Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, those exciting times. Thankfully, <laughs> <laughs> that hasn't happened. That hasn't happened in a while, and I hope I hope not to see its like again. Uh, I don't blame you. But uh, you know, now it would be worse because I have a house. So like now I like have to deal with possibly expensive damage whereas in your apartment it's kind of like somebody else's problem yeah uh you know for me with power uh, the thing that was you said you could go a couple blocks away yeah the street lights out front worked but we didn't have power because there was a big tree uh that was wrapped around the lines that took that the whole tree uprooted and the power company couldn't deal with it until the tree at least part of the tree was dealt with so Everybody had power. The whole street, the the lights are all on, but our area couldn't get power back until they dealt with the tree. And of course, when there's a hurricane, the tree people are in high demand. Right. That's that's so frustrating. So yeah, it was really annoying to like peek your head out the out the door and see the street lights on and be like, oh, it's so close. I could just run an extension cord. I I can I can see it. I can see electricity. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it, it is frustrating. It kind of really makes you wish for wireless power. Right? Yeah. Oh, Edison. Screwing that up for everybody. Anyway, uh, we should probably get to news. What do you think? Yeah. This week's Nifty Gift is on F5 Live is proudly powered by the Microsoft Store. <clears throat> right now, take $150 off the new Surface Pro. Um, the Intel i5-128 SSD and your choice of type cover. You can also, of course, get the uh, Surface Book, which is sitting here on the desk uh, with the performance base. And you can save up to $400 on a whole bunch of computers from from Dell and HP and all of the partners that you know. Plus, of course, right now you can pre-order the Xbox One X, which uh, we'll talk about Xbox One in a little bit. You can pre-order the Xbox One X right now uh, for delivery at launch. And obviously there's there's more to it than that. The HTC Vive and uh, specialty consoles and all kinds of other stuff are available by going to f5live.tv slash Microsoft. All right. So on our last show, which seems like it was uh, forever ago, we talked about a little rumor that was going around that uh, HTC might be giving up on hardware or at least on phones and that Google was the likely buyer of the division. And we were about 85% correct (laughs) on that information. Uh, HTC did not exactly give up on hardware and they didn't sell the division, but they did sell about eight, give or take. I think the number was 85% of their phone design team to Google for $1.1 billion. That's so I don't under- a lot of money. I don't understand how how that works as a matter of business transaction. It's sort of like I know. Was it like an aqua hire or something? That's a lot of money to pay to like hire away these people. Is it just people 
did they get did they get any like I guess they probably got some intellectual property. Did yeah. they get like what does Google what does Google get out I don't know what Google gets out of this that they didn't get out of just partnering with HTC. Mostly I agree. They got non exclusive um licensing to HTC patents, which is a good thing for them. Depending on what they're planning on doing. It's a good thing for them. They picked up 2,000 HTC employees, which seems like a lot of employees for, like, it seems like three phones. But, (laughs) whatever. Um, So, 2,000 HTC employees, uh, non-exclusive licensing to uh, HTC patents, and I don't know. Past I mean, that, do they get, I don't know. Do they get a building? Like, I, I mean, HTC is based in Taiwan uh-huh. too, right? I don't know. Is that like where are they getting? Is Google getting like their R and D center or something like that? Not that I know of. Yeah, it's just a little weird because it's not like they even bought the whole company out. They, I, I just don't understand how that works. Like, you know, do they like? Do they get the HTC One, One X or something, but they don't get their other HTC phone property? Like, I, I don't. No, in fact, HTC has uh, uh, already announced that that they're working on the next flagship. I I have absolutely no idea what happened here. This sounds like a really good deal for HTC. Like, right? They get an infusion of money. They don't have to give up and in, total control of their company. An infusion of money, five hundred and fifty thousand dollars per employee. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's ins- that's insane. Yeah, they still have to pay those people, and Google's still going to be paying their salaries too. Right. So they have ongoing operating costs, and I, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm just, maybe I'm speaking of ignorance here because I don't know this for a fact. But does HTC even man- do its own manufacturing? Very few of these companies actually own their own fa- own their own factories. They used to. I don't know if they still do or not. Because HTC used to do the manufacturing kind of for everybody for a while, and but I don't know that they still do. I don't know that so, they I still mean, do like, any. That might be worth something to Google if they if they end up getting manufacturing capability, like if they get manufacturing their own plant. Although I think a lot of companies don't like dealing, don't like running uh, factories. They don't like doing the, uh, mm-hmm. it's kind of dirty, you know, high friction right. uh, work. They, you know, they would rather deal with the research and development and marketing and things like that than have to like, you know, ha- have an army of people and machines, uh, you know, putting things together. That's yeah. where, the Fox cons of the world right. uh, come, you know, come into play. I mean, Apple doesn't make anything. Right. You, uh, you, you, they, a couple of small things they do, but yes, in, in general, no, they do not manufacture anything other than a couple of very small things. They assemble things once somebody else manufactures all the bits for them though. I, I mean, I, I don't know it, you know, uh, I used to 
to to do I, you did some research on this a few years ago but you'd be surprised. i mean obviously some of it is a tightly guarded secret sure but a lot of companies don't most of the companies that you deal with in tech don't make anything yeah they don't have employ they don't have factories they don't actually like they design it they buy the parts whatever but they don't have people like actually were who are employees of theirs assembling like working a set work an assembly line right. and people also need to know that every part almost every part pretty much every part that goes into your computer in the first place comes from somewhere else anyway mm-hmm. like there's somebody else making the screen and then they put it in yep. there's somebody else making the storage drive and the motherboard and obviously the cpu so so like when when push comes to shove you actually don't you know there's a lot of companies that are making things but um you know, the company that, that puts its name on it is probably not one of them. Yeah. But absolutely. But we, I, I guess I, I digress. If they got some manufacturing capability that might be might be worth something. On the other hand, it might not be worth something because, you know, I think most companies don't like to deal with that type of uh friction. Yeah. Um so one of my favorite part okay, so obviously this is the second time that Google has bought uh, an Android handset manufacturer, the first one being Motorola, which they sold to Lenovo about four years ago. Um, the person who announced that uh, they had essentially purchased uh, talent from HTC was the senior vice president of hardware for Google, who is the former president of Motorola, who stayed behind before they sold to Lenovo. So the former president of Motorola, which was their first weird unsuccessful buy, um, announced what could be their second weird unsuccessful buy. I guess the question is like who, who, like who decided to make it unsuccessful? Was it Mm -hmm. that they just couldn't merge cultures with Motorola? Right. They was, I mean, I, I don't think anyone would argue it was successful. I'm just saying, like, why was it unsuccessful? Right. There are a lot of possibilities on what went wrong there. I mean, I feel like Motorola is not doing that. They're doing a little better, but I don't think they're doing that much better without, you know, now that they're with Lenovo. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, they make some good quality stuff. Unfortunately, they seem to save a lot of their best stuff for a carrier exclusive with Verizon. Yeah. Which nobody else does, uh, which is continues to hurt them. Right. So totally agree on that. I don't. I don't understand Motorola. Uh, you know, they do make some really good stuff, uh, but they have never. But they've really been kind of. You know, it's been all downhill since the Droid. I think. But but, uh, but can't you say basically the same thing for HTC? It's yes. It's been yes before before the uh, the Dream. Uh, HTC was in in great shape, and then it seems like ever since the dream, and they they proved that Android was a thing. Everybody else seems to have gotten to it better than them. Yeah, yeah, they're in the same position that Motorola was in, <laughs> which so, is so weird. So is the problem? So it comes back to the question: like, is was the problem Motorola and the people in it just couldn't mesh with Google, or was the problem that Google was not sufficiently committed? To making Motorola to making Motorola a success, or is it, or is it possible that that 
that these software companies really have issue with with phone hardware because Microsoft did the same thing. They've been successful with the Surface and they totally screwed up the Lumia purchase. Google's been successful with, uh, well, I guess they're not necessarily manufacturing them, but they're, they've definitely got their name on the, the Pixel and stuff like that. They're definitely, you know, Google forward brands, uh, like the, the laptop and stuff, but they totally botched Motorola. Is it possible that these software companies, these OS companies, just have there's something about phones that's weird to them? Yes, I think that's I think that's true. I think they don't understand all the things that go into making a phone, all the things like FCC clearance and oh. bans and things like carrier relationships. There's it's it's more complicated. It's something to... it's something that you don't have to deal with with like the Surface. You don't right. ha- you don't have to worry about carrier partnerships or any of that crap because that really seemed to be where microsoft stalled out and may have been where uh google stalled out yeah yeah i think the carrier i think the carrier partnerships are a problem and look pixel uh google didn't do a particularly good job with carrier partnerships with the first generation pixel right again they gave verizon exclusive but then they also said oh well you can go buy the pixel from from google and you can use it on another carrier right now, I don't have numbers to back this up, so I'm just kind of talking out of the air here, but I don't know how many people are willing to go outside their carrier to make a purchase. Like, there's plenty of reasons to go outside your carrier to make a purchase, but I think some people are really comfortable, particularly when you're paying for phones over time, yeah. which a lot of people do, to be doing that through their carrier. Like, it's part of your phone bill, you're paying for the phone, mm-hmm. you get it from your carrier. Um, you know, now, so I think anytime you're selling an unlocked phone, not through the carrier, you're at a huge competitive disadvantage. Absolutely. I, I went outside of the carrier to buy my phone, but you know, I'm certainly, I know that very infrequently am I the rule. I'm usually the exception. And, you know, I'm a tech savvy person as I I think my evidence on the show, (laughs) show should pretend, but I will tell you honestly, last uh, phone that I bought, I really wanted to get it from my carrier because I did not want to open, I did not want to pay like $800, $750, like upfront for each for two phones. That's a lot of cash. Uh-huh. Uh, and I did not want to open up another line of credit somewhere to do it. So like with Google Pixel, if you, yes, if you buy from Google, you can pay it in installments just like you can with your carrier. Then you have to have yet another bill and a different creditor and a different line of credit, right? To some other weird bank, right? right? So, so it is a great convenience still, even though you're not really saving any money on it anymore, like you used to be in the subsidized right. days, to buy through your carrier. Absolutely. Well, obviously, only time will tell here. Uh, Google fought with the the Motorola purchase for quite some time before giving up on it. Um, it'll be interesting to see what this does. HTC does not seem to be worried. Uh, they're already talking about their next flagship. It's, it's in the works. They did not buy the entire design team. Maybe we'll see a, a smaller number of big launches out of HTC, but it does not look like they're planning on slowing down. Uh, so obviously, obviously only time can tell on this one. Uh, hopefully 
it turns out to not be the weird uh, waste that the that the Motorola buy was. Although I guess in the end they did get the patents, so I mean there's there is that. But it was you. It was a lot of time and a lot of effort for a couple of patents for Motorola. Here's 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 one parting thought on this: Has a phone purchase of a phone company ever really gone well? Palm, Palm. destroyed by HP. Nokia's Lumia division not not doing too well in Microsoft's hands. Yeah, Motorola uh, destroyed Motorola. by Google. I don't know if they were destroyed, but they had some issues in there. Now they're with Lenovo. But I'm just saying, it, I know you wouldn't say it went particularly well. Has yeah. it ever been like a really good good thing for that company and for its products? HTC bought UT Starcom, <laughs> but that was like 2004. Google bought Danger, and that became Android. So if you really want to? Google to bought be... technically Google bought half of Danger. Microsoft bought the other half. Okay. So half of it, half of danger became Android and half of danger became the 73 days of the kin. <laughs> anyway, you could see that the, the track record of these, these types of uh, purchases is not very good, but so, so there's another good example of a, a bad buy the kin. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, you're right. It, other than maybe UT Starcom, a hardware buy has not gone well. That's fascinating. I fingers crossed for you, Google. Fingers crossed for you. This week's Pilch Point with Avram Pilch is proudly powered by Monster Products. The headphones on my head right now, the Monster Elements full on-ear, uh, sorry, full over-the-ear. There's also an on-ear version, uh, in-ear sports headphones, Bluetooth, wired, any kind of headphones, really. Really any kind of headphones you could want. Plus, of course, Bluetooth speakers from the tiny hotshot to the giant Monster Blaster and everything in between. Plus, of course, the cables and power supplies to uh, connect these devices and all of your other devices home entertainment computer and all of that plus the outlet store which i was browsing a little while ago there are some almost offensively good deals uh in the outlet store right now uh the monster blaster which goes for 449 that uh was one of our our picks for christmas this year uh refurbished uh less than half 199 so there are some really great deals available in the outlet store. So you can check that out and all of the other deals by going to f5live.tv slash monster. And of course, that music means that it is time for the Pilch Point with online editorial director of Laptop Magazine and Tom's Guide, Avram Pilch. Avram. Hey. It's, it's good to be a... Uh, good to be talking tech again yeah it's good to be it's good to be back on back on the air a lot of stuff <sighs> a lot of stuff has happened in uh in tom's guide and uh and laptop mag style news since we were last on uh, yes yes i think the new iphone was since we were last on yes indeed. or at least our review of it yes since indeed. it was last on uh but that's not 
That's not. We're not going to talk about the iPhone. There's plenty. No, no. There's plenty of iPhone coverage out there. You don't need two more talking heads to give you information no. on the iPhone. If you want the information, you probably already have it. So, rather than boring you with more iPhone information, uh, we're going to talk about a laptop instead, right? Yes. Yes. So, uh, so it's fall uh, now officially too. Uh, and that means new a new raft of notebooks is coming out, refreshes of, of existing models and, and new ones as well. Uh, and we're, we're really looking forward to the new 8th Gen core systems, but they haven't we haven't gotten any yet. Uh, we probably expect those in the next week or two. Meanwhile, here's a very interesting refresh, a very interesting notebook in general. This here is the Asus VivoBook E403 NA. There was last year's model was the E403 SA, so I'm sure everyone will remember that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there, it's this is similar to last year's model uh, with a couple of improvements, a faster processor and a fingerprint reader. Uh, but uh, what's neat here is so this notebook. First, let me tell you what it has, and then you tell me how much you think it would cost. Okay. So sounds like a fun. This game. has. A 1080p screen. Okay. It has aluminum, uh, aluminum lid and aluminum deck, right? It has um, pretty wow. good speakers. It has a fingerprint reader. And it has, well, let's just say it has a USB-C port. Okay. It has solid state storage. It lasts How over much? eight hours on a charge. How much solid state storage? 128 gigabytes. Okay. Now, how so for those sorts of things, what what price range do you think you would you would be paying? I'm going to ask two more questions before I give you a number. Uh, how bright is the screen? So so. Okay. About 210 nits. Okay. And is it touch or not? Not touch. Not touch. Um. I don't know. Seems like when I was in retail, the price on something like that would have been probably in the four forty nine to four ninety nine range. Aha! Uh -huh. So you're right. It's it's a little bit less. Okay. Three ninety nine. That's not uh, bad at all. Now, considering what you get, that's pretty good. Um, now here are the caveats. The processor is a Pentium. Uh, it's it's a newish Pentium, a new newer model Pentium, but okay. it's still Pentium, which is kind of on the low end of the CPU spectrum. And that 128 gigabytes of solid state storage is not an SSD; it's eMMC memory. eMMC storage, for those who don't know, is like an SSD in the sense that it is not moving parts; it is solid state, so it's going to be. Uh, use less power and it's not going to have a worrying hard drive head that if you shake your computer will possibly have an issue although hard drives usually don't um, but it has the speeds of basically the same type of memory that you have in, a, in an SD card or a micro SD card so it's not it's not super fast it's actually okay. in a lot of cases a little bit slower than a hard drive uh, but this thing is very light, 3.1 pounds. It lasts over eight hours on a charge. Um, 
the audio is surprisingly good. Like the audio quality is actually pretty good. Nice. Um, and you get, you know, 1080p screen. Now, the screen which, does not have. Which alone is like a big is a deal. rarity. Yeah. Well, it's a rarity at this price point, right? It's it's rare that at, you know, for under $500, under $600, you get a 1080p screen unless you're buying a Chromebook. Now, rare but not unheard of. The alternative to this. Now this is a four. I don't know if I mentioned this. This is a fourteen-inch notebook, fourteen okay. inches, three point one pounds. Pretty light, easy to carry around. Uh, has and, a and full array of. And you're maneuvering the hinge rather yeah. easily, even in the awkward position that you're holding. Yeah. The yeah, the it, laptop. It's 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 pretty light. Like you know, it's not like you know, MacBook Air light or actually MacBook Air is not the light MacBook. Not like MacBook 12-inch light or something. It's, you know, sure. it's 3.1 pounds, but it's 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 pretty light. Got premium materials, has a full array of ports, including USB-C. Although it doesn't, for some reason, it doesn't charge over the Type C. You got to use a proprietary charger. That's weird. Um, so, uh, the the alternative is, if you still want to spend under $400 and you don't mind a much heavier laptop, you can get something with better specs and a better screen. So the e, the Acer E E15 E5 E15 E5 33BM say that five times fast. We have nope. a review of it on our site. You couldn't is, even uh, you couldn't even say it one time slow. How am I supposed yes. to say it five times okay. fast? The, the Acer E15 the three hundred forty nine dollar configuration of Perfect. it uh, comes with a Core i3 processor. Which is better than Pentium. Mm -hmm. It comes with also the 1080p screen, uh, but with a much better color gamut. This color gamut is about 69%. That one's actually over 100%. Uh, so pretty colorful. Uh, and uh, it has a one terabyte hard drive, which in its own, which is actually faster than the MMC memory in this. Uh, they both have four gigabytes of RAM. So. That laptop, oh, and that laptop also lasts over eight hours on a charge. But the difference is that laptop weighs about five pounds, uh, and this one weighs 3.1 pounds. So if you're not carrying it anywhere, oh, and that laptop is a DVD drive. So, you know, if you really want that, you get that too. So if you're not carrying it anywhere, by all means, get the other one. But, it, but if you plan to use it portably, then for under $400, uh, the trade-off in performance is worth it. Like it, the performance is not bad at all. I, you know, I had like over a dozen tabs open watching a movie or whatever, and it didn't slow down. So while I wouldn't recommend playing a game on it, uh, you know, or or doing video editing on it, uh, it's pretty decent uh, performance for the price and pretty decent build quality for the price. My only real uh, qualms with it are that the touchpad. While accurate, if you are slow and deliberate, uh, feels like you're ice skating with your shoes on. It is very slippery. Okay, interesting. It's weird. The surface is, feels slippery like ice, uh, and uh, which I've not experienced much on on touchpads. Uh, you know, and the webcam is VGA. So uh, when we get Oof. to that part part of our conversation later, where we're talking about how you can put talking about webcams which uh -huh. I know we're going to talk about in another segment coming up uh, yes you will you will want an external webcam <laughs> if you plan to do video calls on this uh, so we can talk about 
uh, good external webcams uh, later in the show. But oh, um, like the Logitech C920. Yeah, that's pretty much all there is to say. It's a Logitech <laughs> C920. Uh, I was trying to build some suspense for that really simple answer. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. But uh, overall. This is a good. This is a really good deal. You can get it on Amazon for three ninety nine. The Acer, the Acer, the Asus VivoBook E four hundred three NA. Um, it's available now. And if you want something that's a little bit uh, bigger but cheaper and more powerful, the Acer E fifteen three hundred forty nine dollar configuration, which ends in thirty three bm, uh, is also is an even better deal. Uh, you just can't carry it around as much. Uh, so what what all of this says is that you can find some really good deals under four hundred dollars for a PC. Uh, you know you're not going to get the most premium build quality. Uh, you're not going to get the best brightest screen, uh, but uh, you know you are getting pretty you know palatable performance and and extras like an aluminum lead like. You know, yeah. you would normally expect that for this price range. Right. So uh, that was actually the feature that surprised me the mo- the most with the 1080p screen being right behind it. Yeah, it's it's odd. Every now and again, you find something with aluminum that's cheap. We reviewed something called the Chewy Lap Book. Uh huh. The name of the brand the brand was Chewy C H U W I a couple weeks ago, and it actually had a 2K screen. And aluminum for um, for like three fifty. Actually, it was on sale for under three hundred. However, every other part of it was horrible. <laughs> the performance was horrible. The keyboard was horrible. The touchpad was horrible. Like every other part of it was horrible. But the, but I think it was it may have had like an Atom processor or low end Celeron or something. It was really really it, the performance was bad. But you know hey. It, it was aluminum. So <laughs> sometimes it's better. You're better off with plastic. I'm just saying. But oh my uh, so you can't necessarily judge a notebook by its cover. Uh, that being, <laughs> you know, that being said, that it, it is nice to get premium materials like metal and carbon fiber uh, rather than like cheap, shiny dime store plastic. Sure. So. Uh, so anyway. Uh, if you want to read a review of this laptop or any of our other sub $500 laptops, check us out on laptopmag.com. And uh, if you want to read about things that are not laptops and tech, like phones and uh, TVs, uh, check out our other site, tomsguide.com. Fantastic. Well, I appreciate you bringing up the Chewy because I've gotten press releases from them, well, for a while. <laughs> and Oh, yeah, but you haven't seen it yet. You haven't touched it. Right? No. So Come by the office. <laughs> So I was very curious about that because obviously my fear was for the price and the look was that the only way that they were going to do it was it was going to be a garbage computer. Yes. It credibly looks like a MacBook 12 inch though. Like you could fool uh-huh. someone. That that was exactly what I thought when the pictures started coming in. I'm like, oh, that they uh, they definitely seem to have gone taken the form over. Uh, yeah. Form over function thing to an extreme. Because it definitely yeah, I mean, looks MacBooky. I give them credit for trying in the sense also that they put in a higher than HD screen. Yeah. Like for under, actually, I think it was on sale at one point for 287 or something. For under $300 to get that kind of screen is like unheard of. However, give me the, it wasn't the bright. Give me the HD screen and put a real processor in it. Yes. And also make the screen 
brighter and more colorful. So, you know, so that's, yeah, you know, a two, a two K 16 color screen is, is not going to make you happy. Go. It's going to be Amber. It's just going to be like, <laughs> just going to be like your old Mac, but it's going to show all of, it's going to show the DOS prompt in really high res. <laughs> oh my goodness. Abram, this is always a pleasure. <laughs> I always, I always love getting in depth on something with you like that. So, uh, did you say that the the review for this is already up or is coming soon? No, it should be tomorrow. Okay, perfect. Cool. It should be Monday of this week. Cool. So we will look forward on Monday. Yep. As always, thanks, Abram. This week's Extra Life on F5 Live is proudly powered by Razer. No matter what gaming accessory it is you're looking for, Razer has got it. Whether it be um, a high-precision mouse like the Razer Lance had or a full desk-style, desk-size uh, mouse pad like the Gigantis or a full uh, gaming laptop like the Razer Blade Stealth. Uh, Razer is definitely the company that focuses on gaming accessories. Uh, we've got a couple of deals right now. Uh, you can get up to $700 in software when you buy that Razer Blade that I mentioned. Um, you can get the giant mouse pad for free when you buy uh, the Lance Head Mouse, or you can get the, uh, the stand for the Razer Manowar headphones, uh, all by going to f5live.tv slash Razer. Taking a little bit of time, Avram, but I'm perfecting that promo. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, Avram uh, alluded to this in the Pilch Point. A big thing, seemingly small, but actually a really big thing has happened uh, for the Xbox One. Uh, you can now use USB webcams for streaming on the Xbox One. Now, that may sound trivial, but uh, when your only option was the official hardware, namely the Kinect, um, it meant that like your placement was weird and you know the, the cabling on the Kinect is very specific, so you can't really set it up quite the way you want. With a USB webcam, such as the Logitech C920, um, which is probably one of the most popular uh, standard webcams, and then um, the the Razer webcam that has the uh, the active background cancellation uh, is a really good one uh, for game streaming as well. I don't know how much of it'll work on the Xbox One though, so be aware of that. Uh, being able to use a webcam uh, means that you can place it differently. Uh, the 920, which we have here in the studio, we're not using, but I'm looking at one right now. Actually, I think it's a 930, but it doesn't matter. They're give or take the same same camera with different uh, throw distances. Um, the They've got a tripod mount. So you can literally like put them on a tripod and put them 
wherever you want or mount them on top of another camera or so you can really customize your setup a whole lot easier when you're dealing with a webcam versus like say the connect which is huge and weirdly cabled and all of that so uh this is obviously for people who do a lot of streaming this means that you don't necessarily have to have uh you know obs is that what it is obs or like live stream studio which is what we use here you don't necessarily have to have something like that uh with another system you can actually just do it right off of your Xbox One, which will make setup a whole lot easier, especially if you're just streaming to, to Mixer, which is easily built into the system. Yeah, it's it's important to be able to use your own hardware. Like I, I was going to look up how much a Kinect costs right now. Do you have any idea how much Kinect costs? Good luck finding one. Ah, see, that's a, that's a bigger problem. It's not that's, even easy to come, that's to come the, by. That's the answer to that question. Good luck finding one. Right. So a Logitech uh, C920, which strangely, this webcam has been around for like five, six years now. And at least Logitech, Logitech has come out with other webcams since then, but never has never actually replaced, really replaced it. Yep. It's still sort I mean, they have ones that are slightly fancier, like the 930, which is for business and costs, you know, like $50 more. Uh, there's the Brio, which is a 4k webcam that costs $200. Actually the, I think it's the only 4k webcam I think you're uh, right. that you can get. Uh, but you know, I don't think the Xbox will support 4k streaming. I don't think there are many services that support 4k streaming. Right. And the Brio actually has a worse, uh, worse stand uh, and like mounting thing than, than the 920 does. Yeah. So, uh, so the C920 costs, you know, around $65, sometimes on sales, a lot less, sometimes 55, $50. Uh, and that's, that is so much less than we bought it for when we, when we got you know, it. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, you know, I'm using it right now. Uh, I'm using one right now. They, they do a fan. They do a fantastic job, and uh, you know that's infinitely more available and less expensive uh -huh. than than a Connect. Yeah, because so, it's not like it's not like when the Xbox One launched, right? And the bundle came with a Connect. Now you can't get a bundle with the Connect, and you can't find one after, like after bundle, almost ever. It actually drives me crazy because I want one for uh, another another Xbox One that I have that did not come with the Connect, and I want it for the the ease of use of Cortana. And nope. Now, you mentioned the Razer Stargazer, uh, which uh -huh. is their uh, real sense camera, and I wouldn't get that for the Xbox. Yeah, because to get it would probably work as a regular webcam but you would probably not get the uh you would probably not get the real sense uh yeah. functionality we don't know whether xbox software would support it and there's a good reason to believe that xbox hardware would not because you need a fairly modern processor to support uh to support the real sense background removal stuff so 
So I, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't get, and, and as a cast standalone camera, it's the image quality actually isn't as good as the C920. So, so I, so in short, I wouldn't get, I wouldn't get that one for your Xbox, but, uh, consider it for your PC, but I wouldn't get it for the Xbox. Uh, that, that being said, like, I think overall the message is good. It, I think it's good anytime your Xbox or your PlayStation, your console supports open PC standard products. Absolutely. And since it's, since it's running on Windows 10, the only reason that it didn't support it before was just because it didn't support it. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm still waiting for someone to come up with a hack where you could actually run the Windows 10 desktop on your Xbox. Uh-huh. Well, it, but, it's running the same core. Uh, you probably just have to get explorer.exe over there. But <laughs> um, does the RealSense stuff require an Intel processor, or will it run on an AMD as well? Uh, they Intel says it requires an Intel processor. Then it will not. Uh, then it will not work on the on the Xbox one. Cause that's powered by an AMD. Right. Yeah. They, they say that, I mean, I tried a real sense camera with, they say that it requires, I think at least a fifth or sixth gen. Uh, I think at least a fifth gen core. Okay. I tried it on my fourth gen core, uh, and it was real slow and pokey. <laughs> uh, you know, but it didn't like stop me uh -huh. from doing it. So it's possible that it would, Got it. it's possible that it would, you could attempt to do it, but I don't think the Xbox software even sports it. So, right. right. So, so that, that ends that conversation right there. Yeah. Uh, I, I also feel as kind of an aside that, uh, real sense as a PC technology seems to be dead. Uh huh. I, I'm sorry to say that cause I like real sense, but too. that's the only webcam that came out. The only third party webcam that came out that used it and it came out belatedly like it was like a year late or whatever. Um, we're not seeing any new development. Intel has stopped talking about it. Uh -huh. Laptops are no longer coming. I have not seen a laptop come with RealSense built in in a very long time. And even when it was, even when it was happening, there were maybe a handful of laptops offering it as an option. Instead, the face recognition feature is being built in with infrared cameras that are not RealSense. Right. So, um, I mean to digress, but since you brought up real sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. Although I would like to see the uh the the tracking stuff of the real sense come back, but that's okay. I, I liked it. I really I really like I'm sad. Yeah. I'm sad about it. But we uh, uh we were doing a project where we tested out real sense. We we started with the connect and we moved over to real sense to test the technology out and it worked really well. Yeah. It, I mean it's good technology. Uh, they just didn't get a lot of uptake for it on the PC. Although yeah. my understanding is that uh, a lot of robots are using it now. Okay. Fair enough. So the technology itself, like Intel is still working on it. It's just, they're not, they're not consumer facing it anymore. It seems that way. Yeah. I've not had someone there tell me that it is officially dead, but I have not seen it come in a while and they have not talked about it in a they while. They do not seem to be afraid to announce when a technology is dead lately. So yes, because <laughs> they've, let's been, all... they've been killing some, some, some stuff off at a rapid pace recently. Let's have a moment of silence for project alloy. <laughs> the VR headset.
Oh, yeah. That wasn't interesting looking at all. Anyway, actually, I think we interviewed them at CES this year. Anyway, so, yes, I'm totally with you. I think it's always great when uh, a normal standard is made standard. Um, uh, looking at you, Apple. Um, when things that, that are just supported by the industry, like a standard USB webcam, <laughs> become available. Yeah, or, you know, the iPhone finally getting Qi. Uh, you know, things like that. I, I'm always glad to see things that are basically industry standard adopted by the holdouts. <laughs> yep. So so that that's definitely good news. For sure. I look forward to uh, watching some mix, mixer streams from, uh, from Xbox One owners uh, using your Logitech C920 because <laughs> obviously we're fans. This week's news from the tubes and F5 Live is proudly powered by Rift Tracks. Make fun of movies or let the professionals do it because that's what they get paid to do. The guys who used to do Mystery Science Theater 3000 are back and doing what they do best, making fun of movies from blockbusters to Merlin the Return. I don't know what to do about these things. Uh, they've got, obviously, a little bit of everything. Uh, the way it normally works is for a couple of bucks, you download the MP3 or use the app uh, on your phone, play it along with your DVD, Netflix, Amazon, wherever you happen to have the movie, and laugh. Uh, from time to time, they do uh, mix things up a little bit, and they will do a live show. We know that uh, the last live show was uh, Doctor Who, The Five Doctors. Uh, the next one will be October 25th, Night of the Living Dead in theaters nationwide uh, broadcast from somewhere it actually doesn't say where they're going to be this time um, they do it from uh, a physical theater somewhere and broadcast it live nationwide it's always a lot of fun uh, Night of the Living Dead from 68 right before Halloween should be a tremendous amount of fun so to find out what theaters you can see the live events in or what uh, movies are available you can go to f5live.tv slash tracks with an X. I just have to say, I used the app recently uh, for the Rift Tracks, and uh, wow, does that make things easier. So, if you're going to do it, that's the way to do it. You don't have to try and sync it up. The app will sync it up for you, which is a little frightening how well it works. Anyway, that, <laughs> that's not what we're going to talk about. We are going to talk about a topic that I have a feeling Avram probably has more information on than I do, um, the CCleaner issue. Um, CCleaner is a PC optimizer, uh, for those who may not know. It's been around seemingly forever. Um, I don't, I can't think of, look, it's hard to think back on a time when you didn't go to, uh, to one of the, the download, like the, the software download websites and see an ad for CCleaner. Um, in fact, it's so popular that uh, it's on PC World's uh, recommendations for uh, best free software for a new PC. Like it's a, it's a big thing. I don't know if you guys have a similar list or not, but uh, 
They, they we like it. Yeah. We like it. Well, uh, as it turns out, uh, um, it at least for a little while, it has been installing uh, malware along with uh, the software. Now, it has not been done on purpose. Uh, it was malicious code that was injected by hackers. Uh, it has affected more than 2 million users who downloaded the most recent update. Um, and obviously that's not great. How, personally, I don't know exactly how the code got in there. I don't know if you know, Avram, but I know that uh, that it came Industrial down. Industrial espionage. What's that? Is what they say. They say it, it's they apparently the hacker broke into the servers of the company that makes C Cleaner, which is a vast, right? Uh, I think so a, it's a vast Piriform or whatever the company's yeah, name Piriform, is. Yeah, Piriform. Yeah. Which I guess is also vast, yeah. Okay, so so they some they got into the into the system and got this into the official build, and so that's yep. that's how the the update or new installs came down. Yes. Oh, I see. Now Compromised a portion of CC of C cleaners development or build environment. And use that access to insert malware into the build that was released and hosted by the organization. Okay. So. Oh, I see. What it's trying to do is. This is interesting. It was trying to do industrial espionage. It wasn't just espionage of CCleaner. It was espionage of people who had CCleaner. Uh-huh. Yes. They, essentially, they were trying to use CCleaner behind corporate firewalls to be able to tunnel. Well, that's kind of frightening, right? Because uh -huh. you rely on your antivirus software and your anti-malware software to, you know, companies trust them, right? Uh, and if somebody can infect, I've always worried about this. If somebody can infect the antivirus software, uh-huh, itself with anti-malware software they really got you good because that stuff has hooks into the levels of your operating system and obviously it's going to tell you that you're not infected when you are right so there was there was that issue uh what six nine months ago uh where uh it turned out that norton software dating back as much as 10 years uh had had an accidental backdoor in it that nobody knew about and it had been long patched, <laughs> but it had been there and it had never been taken advantage of, but it had been there forever. And if somebody had, had found out about it while it was in, in use, you could have ended up with this same thing. But when you think about it, if it happened to Norton, that's a whole different mess because people who don't even use Norton still have it installed on their systems because it comes pre-installed in your laptop. Yes. Well, you know, there's a lot of, uh, this is not taking place in a in a uh, in a vacuum, right? Um, we people are also worried about Kaspersky. Now we haven't seen the particular evidence, and our security editor Tom's guy Paul Wagenseal is very skeptical that there actually is any problem with Kaspersky. 
but we have heard that I think uh, certain government agencies are now like opposed the, to installing Kaspersky. This this week, the U.S. government uh, banned its use in uh, on any government computers. Right, because you know they think that Kaspersky is in league with the with the Russian government. Uh, so. So there's definitely like a lot of trust issues with mal anti malware yes. software and anti virus software. So it's kind of scary. You kind of start to think that maybe information just wants to be free and there's not going to be any privacy anymore because we had Equifax uh-huh. and uh, now even your own malware software can be working against you. Yep. Uh, you know. Maybe you just shouldn't have any secrets. I don't know. So there's a couple of things to note about you just this. Go ahead. Yeah. Maybe you just shouldn't have any bank accounts. Keep <laughs> your money. Keep your money maybe under the bed in and a shoebox. I don't know. You know. <laughs> there's a couple important things to note about this. First, the uh, issue only uh, applies to 32-bit installs. So if you are a 64-bit install, you are fine. Uh, it did not. They did not put it into that build. Only the 32. Um, and while it, you may have heard early on um, when this information first came out that Avast was able to um, to patch it before any harm was done, uh, it actually turns out that the first thing, like Avram was saying, the first thing that it did when it ran was checked to see if it was connected to a corporate domain and if that domain was uh, HTC, Samsung, Sony, uh, VMware, Intel, Microsoft, Cisco, Vodafone, Linksys, Epson, MSI. MSI is a little frightening. Um, Google, uh, D-Link. That it would then download a second level thing and that uh, that machines in those organizations were found to have the second stage uh, payload. So, but if you're not in there, uh, Avast fixed it before it could affect you. It was specifically looking, like its main goal was to get information out of those big guys. Right, so, so the... The, the version number that was infected, just so people can check because they can see the version number, is 5.33. Okay. So if you have version 5.33, you you have the infected version. Go, and, wait, go, do version a manual, go do a manual search for an update because 5.34 is already out. Yes, 5.34 is already out. Now... Uh, our security editor, Paul Wagonseal, recommends that you seriously consider doing a rollback of your system to before August 15th when the 5.33 became available. That, that might be a little bit extreme if you have data and things you've installed in the last month and a half. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, at the very least, you want to make sure you run a virus scan and you and you change to 5.34. Now, uh now the good news is if you are on Windows Mac, if you are on Mac or Android, you were not affected, and if you were using the 64-bit uh, install, you were also not affected. Uh, a lot, most people today have 64-bit Windows. Yes. But some people still choose to 
don't know better and they installed the 32-bit version of the software. Right. Uh, so uh, check and see what version of the software you have. All, uh, all good suggestions. And uh, I, I'm always, I'm always glad that we have your, your, uh, your security experts and stuff uh, to weigh in on these topics, Avram. Because obviously, I'm not. I know <laughs> how to try and keep myself personally from being affected by things, but that I, I wouldn't have thought about the idea of a possible rollback. Yeah. I mean that, that is pretty extreme sure. thing to do to roll back your computer because you know, you might have important stuff that you've done since then driver updates, windows updates, uh-huh. all kinds of stuff. Uh, you might just want to make sure that you run a really thorough virus scan and make sure that you get to the new version. Uh, that, you know, if you're really, if you're really worried, then do the rollback. But you know, that is, a lot that it can be a real inconvenience to roll back your machine to six weeks ago. Yes, it can. Who knows what you what you might lose? So, so uh, I don't know if I would do that. Uh, but uh, you know, this, these are uh, these are scary times. Uh, you know, we've had uh, the, this. We've had the Equifax breach, which yeah. to me is much much scarier. Yes, I, I don't think we've been on. Have we been on since the Equifax breach came out? I don't know. I feel like we have not. We definitely have not talked about it. That's for sure. Uh, you know, uh, it's uh, it's definitely ex- extremely scary. Uh, and you know, my advice to people with Equifax, uh, which is this is an extreme measure, so I'm not saying everyone should take it, but uh, you could have. You know, if you're not planning to take out any new credit applications anytime soon. You might want to initiate a credit free, a free, a, uh-huh. well, depending on your state, how much they charge you. In New York here, it's free credit freeze for all the credit bureaus so that, so that nobody can, uh, can try to take out credit in your name. Yeah. That's, that's not a bad, that's not a bad suggestion. Also, um, in, in regards to the Equifax breach while we're on it, um, don't yeah. necessarily trust Equifax's Twitter account. Because uh, they have already tweeted out a link to not their site. Yes, they can't be trusted to do anything. Apparently not. But uh, if you go to tomsguide.com, we have a page on what to do about Equifax, and we also have links to the pages on Equifax and TransUnion and uh, Experian and I'm trying to remember the name of the fourth, the fourth credit bureau. Uh, that you could go to, you'd want to go to all four of them. I didn't and realize either, there were four. I thought there were three. There's, there's a small huh. time one that begins with an O. That, okay. but still, if if they're giving your credit out to people and somebody wants to use it, like you know, you want to make sure that. So you would either want to put a fraud alert on your accounts, which is is free and means that the company trying to give you credit ha- has is supposed to contact you. So if someone applies for a credit card in your name or something like that, that uh, the credit card company is supposed to try to contact you, but I don't know if that's like an ironclad enforcement of that uh, versus if you get a credit freeze, that's like putting up a firewall for your for your credit account, uh, which means nobody can check your credit. Uh, so if you do need your credit check for something, uh, you would need to unfreeze temporarily uh, for that company. But, um, you know, uh, I thought that was a good you know, 
good idea. That's what I'm doing. Freezing, you know, did a freeze on all the bureaus because I, I don't foresee myself needing a credit check on anything anytime soon. Uh, so, you know, better to be safe than sorry uh, with these sorts of things. Yeah, for sure. That that seems like a seems like a prudent measure. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, CCleaner, if you have 5.33 on Windows 32-bit, get rid of it. Equifax, we have articles on how to Tom's Guide. Consider freezing or at least getting a, uh, a uh, fraud alert on your account. All good moves. This week's DRM not included on F5 Live is proudly powered by Groove Music. All the music you love, play ad-free from one of the biggest catalogs on the planet. And you can listen anywhere, whether it be your phone, computer, tablet, Xbox One, or just on the web. It doesn't matter your platform. iOS, Android, Windows Phone, anywhere you are, you can listen to your music. And you can download that music on up to three devices. So if, you, uh, if you're in a place where you don't have data or you're not on an unlimited plan and you want to save your data, uh, you can download when you're on Wi-Fi and keep the music going wherever you are. And right now, we have a free 30-day trial by going to f5live.tv slash groove. So uh, we all know that probably all know that by the time you're watching this, it has already happened. Uh, CBS has aired the one and only episode of Star Trek Discovery that will be on uh, television. Despite the fact that uh, two episodes aired tonight, by the way. Uh, two episodes tonight, only one on television. Important to note. Anyway, um, and, and Star Trek Discovery has kind of been uh, the, the talking point in the industry for uh, the broadcasters not quite understanding the internet yet because all the future episodes will be behind CBS All Access, which is an additional uh, paid platform, which I guess when it comes to CBS kind of makes sense because they're the only one of the big four to not be owners in uh, Hulu. So I guess it, it makes sense. But if you're not here in the United States, if you're basically anywhere else, you'll get to watch it on Netflix, which is infuriating. Uh, but, yeah, because you probably already have Netflix. Yeah, exactly. A lot of people have it. But who has CBS All Access? Nobody. So it's it's annoying, this idea that either you have to sign up for it or not watch Star Trek or end up going uh, the route that HBO found out. And I think I have a feeling that CBS is going to set a new record um, that it it will take Game of Thrones record for the most pirated show in television history. That's just a guess. Um, but I mean, it leaves you with some really weird scenarios. Do you skip the show? But it's a new Star Trek. How can you skip it? Or do you pay for a service that you're only going to use for an hour a week? That's obnoxious. They're not the only company that has been confused by the internet, though. Fox, um, who is one of the owners of Hulu, um, a couple of years ago had a requirement that uh, you be, if you weren't a, a DirecTV subscriber, no, a Dish Network subscriber, um, 
you got all of the Fox content on Hulu a week later, which was weird. Um, so Fox has had some issues with the internet as well, but maybe they're starting to get it. Maybe not entirely, but they might be starting to figure it out a little bit because Fox announced that they were going to stream the first episode of their new series, Ghosted, which, by the way, uh, I'm really excited about because I love uh, the the two main characters. Anyway, um, they were going to stream it before it was on television, which is an interesting idea. Uh, and like you and I have talked about, Avram, the idea of appointment television is kind of kind of going by the wayside. Uh, and maybe Fox is, is embracing this a little bit. Oh, except that not quite. Uh, it aired on the 21st on Twitter, which is weird. And it was, um, uh, appointment television just online. It was at a specific time on Twitter, which is bizarre, right? Star Trek is doing the same thing too, right? It's uh-huh. like, I think, I guess it's going to be eight o'clock Sunday nights or eight thirty Sunday night. I, it's not clear to me, whatever from now on. Yes. Uh, I think I saw eight thirty, which is a weird today it was, time for today an hour it was long. Eight, today it was eight thirty, but I'm not sure if that's because of uh, football. Got it. Yeah, that's also a really bizarre thing that apparently happened this evening with Star Trek. Is that they wanted to make sure that the streaming time and the time on actual television for the one episode they are airing were the same. So. The, I, what I read was reading on Twitter and from other people was that they actually postponed the stream because football ran late. <laughs> Isn't that weird? <laughs> so, so uh, just to, to clear up, make sure I've got what you just said in my head. So on CBS All Access, you couldn't get to it at the, at the planned release time. Because on broadcast, the football game ran over. That's what I read. I mean, okay. I didn't I test it. Totally believe you. I, I mean, it's something like a 15 or 16, something like 18. I think it was like 848 or, or something that it actually went on CBS. So I saw a friend of mine who, uh, and by the way, this guy is a friend of mine is also actually very well qualified to know this stuff because he, his name is Jordan Hoffman, and he runs the Star Trek Engage podcast. Okay. And he like works for StarTrek.com. Uh, oh, so wow. that's cool. He's like as connected, sure. You know, with Star Trek as as any uh, journalist, I guess. Uh, and he was tweeting something about it, like that they were delaying it, and I think also delaying it on the stream to match up, which is weird because the stream doesn't. I don't think the stream was showing the football, and it's not like you couldn't watch it. You know, right? Which is. But what is really odd about about the Star Trek thing is that, and, and what you said about Ghost of Two, is that it's not following the Netflix model of we're just going to post all of our episodes when they're ready. Or we're going to like, or even uh, Hulu, the Hulu model where they just they they're posting the episodes on a on a scheduled date and making them available. Uh, the the Ghosted thing was literally at a specific time. From 9 to 9.30 or whatever on the 21st, 22nd, 23rd, and 24th. What? Well, that's one way to measure engagement. 
you know, people who measure engagement, especially television advertisers, like immediate information. So fair enough. The net, the the problem is what viewers want and what you know advertisers and networks want are different things. Yeah, that's true. Viewers want what they want when they want it, which is fair. I, I do too. <laughs> so they want, uh, they like the net. I think viewers like the Netflix model where it's like, oh, you finished all, you know, every episode of, every episode of Daredevil is ready. Just just upload them all, and I'll watch them when I have time. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Versus. Uh, companies that want to kind of string people out over time, uh, like CBS wants to do with all access, because what they know is that, and this, ha- by the way, this happens to Game of Thrones. HBO, every time Game, uh, Game of Thrones season ends, people unsubscribe in droves. Yep. Uh, and then when Game of Thrones comes back, they resubscribe. So, um, you know, I. I in Netflix's, it actually would be in Netflix's best interest probably to take some of their best shows, like their Marvel shows, and to and to stretch it out. Uh, but they don't do that. Uh, now, here's my advice to people who want to watch Star Trek Discovery and have and have unlimited wells of patience and not unlimited wells of money. Wait until March and sign up for your free trial of. Uh, all access or month of all access then i'm presuming so did you know that to really keep people on the hook they're airing the season in two in two uh segments what do you mean by that so they're going to cbs they're gonna starting today september 24th they're gonna start doing a series of episodes they're going to stop i think there's 15 episodes in all they're going to do half the season the season will half will end in November and then pick up again in January. Okay, so they're really buying into the the traditional TV model. Yes, doing a yes, the, doing a fall finale and then coming back after the holidays. Yes, I mean I'm surprised that they don't try to stretch it out till May, right? Because that that way they can make sure that I I guess the theory there would be this, right? So like you're subscribed. You're subscribed. You're paying for October, November. You probably, since you know it's coming back in January, you probably don't bother going to cancel in December. Then you're there through January, February. I mean, fifteen another eight episodes, depending on when they air it in January, could right. stretch you into March. So now, what I'm presuming, and I could be totally wrong here, is that they're not going to erase the archival episodes. I hope not. So that'll, they're not going to. That'll guarantee that people. Uh, resort to to piracy, you know that they don't. I don't know. Charge you extra or do something to 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 keep you off of the the archival ones. So, in theory, right, you could just wait till it's over, sign up and binge watch it then. You know that, or you potentially create a whole series of Gmail accounts. But I'm not recommending that. No, I, I mean, I, I'm just saying, like, you could just wait till it's over. I mean. On the other hand, though, it's hard. I, I get it. Like, it's hard to, like, you know it's airing. You really want to see it. Other people are going to be talking about uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. You know, I have a I, – I'm very, very tempted. I mean, I'm thinking about this. It's, like, literally it's it's $6 a month. That's if you opt for it with commercials, by the way. Uh, so $6 a month with commercials. Figure you're going to be subscribed for probably five months. That's $30 to watch Star Trek Discovery. 
That's a lot of money to watch one television show. It is. And probably more than uh, what it would cost to buy the DVDs at the end of the season. Yes. Uh, there will probably, I mean, at some point there will be DVDs or Blu-rays probably, yeah, right? Absolutely. So CBS I mean, would be insane to have one series that somebody can't have the discs for in their collection. So what you're paying for is impatience and getting uh-huh. something right away. But let's be fair. We do that with entertainment all the time. Like True. how many times do people see something in the movies? Not because the movie theater experience is so awesome, but because they don't want to like wait four months or whatever to, to see this, to see this at home. So, yeah. You know, if you have infinite patience, you can save a lot of money on entertainment. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, <laughs> you, mean, I think this... you mean those 60 or $70 video games come down to $19 after a couple of months? If you have infinite patience, you can also save a lot of money on, uh, you know, on go- as a thing like Ghosted, right? Because, you know, you, I mean, save a lot of hassle. Just like, you know, you wait till it comes on. Uh, you wait till it comes on Hulu or you or if you have or if you have TV, actually, there's no reason not to have TV since that's broadcast, right? Yeah, you could, that's you have true. An antenna, could you have an antenna? You could get it. Absolutely. So, you know, I, I think I think it's it's interesting that Fox is trying to use this promotional vehicle, but I wouldn't read it as a sea change. I don't think Twitter is a particularly compelling distribution platform. It yeah. don't make it doesn't make it doesn't make a very uh, you know have a very good way of archiving the video. Mm-hmm. They don't have a paywall like Fox would want. Right. Like, I, I, I you know, it's, I, I see the same thing with, believe it or not, it happens with children's shows too. Like, my son uh, watches Disney Junior a lot, and he has a Disney Junior app on okay. his tablet. Sure. And every now and again, they will actually debut a show or an episode of a show on the app before you can watch it on TV. Okay particularly if it's a brand new show or something that they're just premiering, they sure. might have the first one or two episodes on the app. So Cause they're trying to drive engagement on the app. Yeah. That makes so, sense. So, so, you know, uh, it's something people do. It's something companies do. Indeed. And, but getting to see, getting to see the, uh, the show like two weeks before it actually premieres on television kind of a nice thing if you happen to be on Twitter at 9 p.m. Yeah, I mean, it. it, it is good. <laughs> I mean, it's good. It's, you know, anything to get you, you know, get you your fix. I mean, if somebody told me, <laughs> you know, if there's something I really wanted to see and somebody told me, like, hey, tune into Twitter at this time and I could possibly do it, I would, you know. Makes sense to me. So, you know, uh, it, it's it totally makes sense. Uh, but, uh, you know, well, I'm sure we'll see more of this, but I don't think Twitter is going to be the ideal platform for it. No, definitely not. But it does show that Fox isn't afraid, like terrified of the Internet the way they were just a couple of years ago. It, yeah. it, it does show that that the Internet has has proven itself to be a thing for them, which was not the case frighteningly recently how could it not be you know right yeah we we all know that like the days of the days of broadcast television of of cable are numbered yeah absolutely um and since all of cable basically especially if my picture quality is any indication all 
all seems to run IP anyway. <laughs> it only makes sense. Yep. Well, guys, that is our show. Uh, thank you to those of you who joined us live. Uh, if you haven't joined us live, that is okay. You can uh, subscribe by going to F5 or uh, plugitslive.com slash subscribe. You can probably go to the other one too, but I don't know for sure. Um, but plugitslive.com slash subscribe. You can subscribe to this and all of our other series, which as I said at the beginning of the show, going to be a lot of new episodes published uh, over the, uh, the very near future on a lot of those feeds. Uh, so uh, definitely you want to subscribe to the new product launchpad because we did a couple of episodes yesterday for some really cool products. If you uh, if you do a lot of like mountain biking and stuff, I got one for you uh, tomorrow. That'll be uh, mountain biking, hiking, anything that requires you being out away from roads. I've, I've we got a product for you in the new product launchpad tomorrow. Um, but anyway, so there'll be two there. There'll be stuff from uh, Anime Weekend Atlanta next week. Uh, you'll definitely want to subscribe to our uh, Periscope channel because um, at, at Plug Hits Live, uh, because we'll be doing some live stuff from the show floor and we'll be doing it on Periscope uh, probably, either that or live stream. You're probably subscribed on live stream. It's our primary thing. So um, anyway, definitely uh, find us on all of the places. We will, just as a warning, we will have a couple more weeks of weirdness because next week we're at Anime Week in Atlanta and we'll be doing live segments throughout the weekend uh, the weekend after that, we have Roboticon Tampa Bay, so F5 Live will be preempted by First Looks, which will be on uh, Saturday afternoon, so watch for that. And then after that, theoretically, we will be back to normal up until the holidays. <laughs> Fingers crossed, I need a little bit of normalcy for a while. <laughs> I don't know that that was fingers crossed. I think that was live long and prosper there, buddy. <laughs> Well, it is Star Trek time. <laughs> Indeed. Anyway, so uh, uh, after I'm, I'm really looking forward to a little bit of normalcy, but I'm also looking forward to AWA and Roboticon. So uh, a lot of interesting comment com content coming. And with that, on behalf of the staff that's not here, I'm Scott. I'm Abram. And we will see you back in a couple of weeks. Ciao.